Yo, what's up? Okay, we are now sitting in the Fat E-Tron 55. And um, yesterday, I'm going to talk about degradation. Huh, speaking of degradation, huh, Fat E-Tron. I'm actually doing a degradation uh, test with Avilo now. So, uh, yes, this is uh, yet another 4K podcast. So, today's topic is about degradation. So, for you guys who don't know what the heck that is. So, you know, batteries, they will degrade over time. Uh, partly by just sitting there, so aging, uh, but also mainly when you charge and discharge it. So uh, there's something, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to explain too much, but um, when you're using it, when you're charging and discharging it, there's some irreversible uh, processes that uh, causes the battery to kind of, in a way, take permanent damage, but just a little bit, tiny little bit, but over time, it will become worse and worse and uh, what it means is that you will have then have less and less capacity so uh, how many kilowatt hour the battery is able to hold is going to drop over time that's what battery degradation is and then um, what affects the battery degradation by the way it's mainly well <laughs> we can discuss this right it depends this is like very it's very complex really um, it depends mainly on temperature, state of charge, and the C rating of how fast you are charging and discharging it. But also many, many other factors like how, how often do you actually stay at 100% or stay at close to 0%. Um, and then it, it depends on which chemistry it is also. So there's, there's really no simple answer like that. But in general, that's how it works, right? So uh, yes, that is how it is. And then degradation how the heck do we measure it right okay some cars actually many cars when you plug in plug in the obd adapter and uh, you see some numbers there uh, some numbers on some yeah variables in what the car reports many cars they will have this soh it means state of health of the battery yeah uh, but uh, many cars that state of health number is just all over the place it's on bar tool what they say yeah uh, so um, you can't trust it in many cars. Uh, don't remember which car, but uh, for example, the Leaf or something like, like I've tested so many cars that has weird uh, or incorrect state of health value. Um, and I'm not sure how, why it's like that, but I can at least tell you how I figured out that we should measure degradation. So first of all, we have to know um, how much, uh, how high the capacity of the battery is when it was new, right? And then we, after some years, we measure again how many kilowatt hour we can pull out of it. Because measuring the range is not good enough. Why? Because remember that we are trying to measure the battery. There could be things that kind of degrade with the car. For example, the, maybe the motor, maybe the electronics, maybe the, uh, yeah, maybe stuff tends to wear out. You know, the, the wheel bearings uh, gets higher friction over time. Uh, consumption goes up maybe. So, so that when the car is brand new, it might go 500 kilometers, but then after 20 years or 10 years, it goes only 400 kilometers. But does it mean that it had uh, um, a 20% degradation of the battery? No, it could be other factors that also affects it, right? like higher consumption. So it means that what you have to look at is how many kilowatt hours you can get out of the battery. And then some people, some experts, they disagree with me. Uh, I remember there was one dude who kept claiming uh, for the longest time that no, you have to look at what the wall delivers. So uh, he claims that you have to charge the, the car from zero to 100% when it's new and look at uh, the meter, how many kilowatt hour uh, you pull from the plug or from the, yeah, from the grid. And then after 10 years, you measure it again. And then you compare and you see how many kilowatt hour, but th that is, in my opinion, wrong because um, you have charging losses and the charging losses could also change over time because the onboard charger changes. But and on the other hand, yes, the, the inverter that you use for discharging could also change over time or we don't know really. Uh, but the thing is that <clears throat> when you're slow charging, you're charging at really low uh, C rating. 
uh, and that means that it's very mild on the battery right best case you 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 finish charging in within 10 hours but <clears throat> from <clears throat> oh, sorry, I'm, <clears throat> I'm dying <clears throat> but when you my method is based on discharging it and why is that one <clears throat> man I this is not the day for me to have a podcast <clears throat> but I claim that that is the best method because by the end of the day what what, what is the whole test about? Well, we are measuring degradation because we want to see how the car performs. And we don't have an EV just because we want to charge the battery. We have an EV because we discharge the battery. And when we discharge the battery, like you guys see now when we are driving, you have uphills, downhills, acceleration, deceleration. So <clears throat> that is kind of heavy on the load. Like you will have sometimes maybe uh, a 20 kilowatt, 50 kilowatt peaks peak load and during those peak loads you will have higher losses than when you are just gently slow charging at uh, 7 kilowatt at home so which means that the losses you have when we are driving like this is higher should be higher in theory than just uh, slow charging and why is that important because as battery ages internal resistance in the battery goes up at least that's what I heard. I haven't measured it myself, but it's just, well, that's like the theory behind battery uh, tech, right? And then with increased resistance, if you have high load, like 50 kilowatt uh, discharge or 50 kilowatt regen, you will then have higher losses versus if you're just slow charging at seven kilowatt at home. So that kind of points towards that in order to measure degradation, we should discharge the car. All right, so we kind of, at least my claim is that one. And then what about the next one? Um, can we just charge the car to 90% and then discharge it to 70% and then we see how many, uh, okay, so 20% measurement, is that good enough? No, why? Because um, you you actually want to charge it all the way to 100% because when you have, when you're only measuring 20% of the battery, you will have, in theory again, five times higher measurement error versus if you are charging it to 100% and then discharging it to zero. But there is another problem, very common across many legacy automakers, is that the um, percent scale is not linear. So when you are, like, when, typically uh, 98, or 98 to 100% is more energy dense than 2% to 0%. And why is that? Because many car manufacturers, they don't measure the state of charge, or they, 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 they measure state of charge based on amp hours in the battery. And the nature of uh, lithium batteries is that <clears throat> towards the end, the voltage drops faster versus uh, when it's higher up there, like towards 100%. And that means that you have to take amp hour multiplied by volt to get kilowatt hour, uh, roughly. Wait, did I say something wrong? I'm not sure, but you know what I mean, roughly. Um, <clears throat> so it means that, yeah, the battery is more energy dense in the top versus in the bottom. Uh, the Korean cars are like that. The, um, uh, I don't remember, but I especially, I remember the, the, the Korean cars like uh, E-Niro and uh, Kona, uh, classic. So that means that when you are measuring from 90% uh, to 70%, <clears throat> you are measuring in a non you might be measuring in a non-linear scale so then you can't just extrapolate it to 100% so that's why you need to do the whole yeah but normally I don't measure it all the way to zero because the, then the car might stop especially if it's an old car so I tend to just okay at least charge to 100% and then discharge to maybe 5% or lower and the lower the better if you go only 10% you might miss that last 10% where the especially the Korean cars tend to drop fast towards the end so you get slight measurement error <clears throat> and since degradation in general is quite low then <clears throat> you also kind of you could get kind of big variance there like it could be Let's say it could be 2% degradation, but it could also be 4% degradation, right? Uh, I haven't done the, the, all the exact math, but uh, you kind of get the idea. So, um, <clears throat> but then it's not that simple. I mean, that's, that's the reason why I make a podcast about this, like how to measure degradation, because it, it gets more complex than that. Uh, for example, 
uh, again, battery, I have to talk about battery, how batteries work. When you discharge at higher C rating, or when you, when you pull high power, like hammer it, for example, or you, know, you will have more losses. I've seen this over and over. Um, so if you charge the car to 100% and then you hammer it on the autobahn going 200 kilometers per hour, you will get less energy out of the battery for propulsion or for whatever you, you pull it out. Uh, the rest goes into heat the, the, the battery heats itself up and it's not measured in the instrument. So this is something that some people claim that, oh, you know, um, the reason why a fat e-tron, the car I'm driving now, the reason why fat e-tron is so fat, no, I mean, <clears throat> so thirsty, is because it counts uh, heat loss in the battery also, and it counts blah, 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 right? And then there are people claim, blindly claim that, and the reason why Tesla has so low consumption is because it doesn't count um, um, the, the heater or HVAC, it's like, dude, that is a, a blind and incorrect claim and not tested. I've tested it many, many times. You can, you can do my test stretch around cleavage with heat pump, I mean, with, with HVAC on with the Tesla and then without HVAC and you will see that the, the HVAC off test will have way lower consumption. But okay, so uh, back to the point again. Uh, how the heck does the car know uh, the consumption? Well, it it has some kind of instrument measuring the energy that passes through at one point, right? When it pulls energy out for the battery. Or actually, I, I don't know exactly how they measure it. They could also um, they could also ask the BMS. For example, when you look at the trip meter, and the trip meter says, like right now, the trip meter says, I have driven 124 kilometers. How does it know that, really? Uh, is it counting every 100 meter? Uh, I'm not sure how they do it, but they, they might just, you know, they have the, the odometer. They have two, two, actually, they have two trip meters. I think what they do is that uh, you just look at the, the, the odometer and then you do a checkpoint there. What was the odometer at that uh, trip reset? And then you just, you just deduct it or you, you find a diff between the reset time and the current odometer. And I think that could also be the case for the, for the consumption number is that you just look at um, uh, the the what our uh, the battery has left. Wait, wait, is, is that correct? No, 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 no. Maybe maybe I realized that that was wrong. That could be one way, right? But then, what if there's some hidden consumption? Oh, those, those guys are so slow, dude. You, no, you're not supposed to go on that lane. In your... Wow. Okay, whatever. <laughs> People don't know how to drive on in roundabouts. So, okay. Um. But okay, maybe it counts, it's something. Like it, it might count the energy. Yeah, it's something like that. You know, how, how does it know that the consumption right now is 192 watt hour per kilometer for this fat e-tron since Oslo uh, when doing only fans run. Wow, that, that is, holy macaroni, that's high. Okay, but well, uh, the only way is that the, the car will then look at how much energy it has spent since reset. And then it divides that by the distance driven and it finds the, the, the average consumption. Um, but it cannot count the heat loss because the heat loss happens internally in the battery. And then it means that the battery was supposed to have uh, 84.7 kilowatt hour total. But then because of high discharge rate, then some energy went to heat instead. It was just internal resistance in the battery and then less energy could buy. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Okay, a little bit. Uh, like, sometimes I feel like I have to explain. Like sometimes I omit some obvious uh, explanation in some of my videos and then people keep asking me stuff. <laughs> That's why I feel like, okay, just explain enough, right? So they don't need to have to keep asking in the comment section about this. But yeah, so that's that's heat loss. So so again, this like so the, the first criteria I claim is that you have to charge the car to 100% until it stops and then discharge it. Second criteria is that you kind of need to drive not too hard. If you hammer too hard, then um, you have you introduce more loss to the system. But then, how realistic is it, right? So you kind of, in a way, yes. What we need to do is actually look at. Well, the, the measurement should be uh, realistic for your driving style, right? If you hammer a lot on the autobahn, okay, maybe you should have a, a measurement when the car was new on the autobahn. And then when you measure, uh, but that's very important because 
if the initial test was done like Sunday driving and you get good energy out, but then the degradation test you do after two years is done on the autobahn, then you get less energy and it will look like you have worse um, degradation. Or the other way around, if you hammer it initially and you get low numbers out and then after some years you do an eco run like now and you get more energy, then it looks like you have almost no degradation. So it's, you remember to A, B, C, always be consistent. You have to be consistent in the method you measure before and after or the, or the first point and the second point. But it's not that simple either. <laughs> Because many cars, I've seen this again over and over again, there will be some kind of initial buffer, initial degradation buffer. What the heck is that? Um, in a Tesla, for example, when you're charging the car to 100%, you will see that the kilometer goes up, the, the rated, uh, the, the indicated kilometer goes up, but you also see that uh, um, the percentage goes up, right? But at one point, the... <laughs> the car reports that it's still charging at uh, 5 kilowatt or 10 kilowatt. Uh, even the charging station reports it's putting in energy in the car, but suddenly uh, the number of kilometers in the Tesla is not counting up anymore. And then the car is actually sitting at 100%, but it's taking something, right? And then when I start driving, I notice the opposite, which is that the trip meter reports that we pull energy from the battery, but the rated range or the, whatever the indicated range in the Tesla stays the same until we spend roughly 2, 2.8 kilowatt hour. Then suddenly the, the range starts dropping. So what does that mean? It means that Tesla is hiding initial degradation in the top because they know that uh, batteries, this is again how lithium batteries work, is that a, new, a fresh lithium battery will have some significant uh, drop in capacity for the first six months of its lifetime. And car manufacturers know this. So Tesla, they are doing this to make it more consistent because it would be weird or bad user experience if you buy the car and you have 500 kilometers of range and then after six months, suddenly you have only uh, 480 kilometers of range. You'll be like, huh? What? You lost so much range already after six months, right? So, um, um, but you might be thinking, oh, that sneaky, sneaky Tesla, they are freaking liars. Well, they are not the only one doing it. I've seen this in BMW i3, the 120 amp hour, the 44 kilowatt hour, by the way. Germans are so damn stubborn, like kilowatt hour per hour. <laughs> An engine, a start engine. Okay, but, but what about the i4? Yeah, when I, I remember uh, I borrowed a, a branch banking new i4 from iMove. And when I pick it up, and I hooked up on the, uh, the OBD, uh, I use Electrified app. The Electrified app could report that the battery was at 129 amp hour. But then over the course of some weeks, it started dropping to 128, 125 amp hour. So I guess if I kept that car long enough, it would drop to 120 amp hour. And then um, the Korean cars, Kona, e-Niro, um, by specification, you're supposed to get 64 kilowatt hour net capacity. When I test branch banking new uh, press cars, I keep getting 65 kilowatt hour from the battery. So you see, car manufacturers, they found a way to hide degradation, initial degradation. Um, so, yeah, because they know that you will lose it and it's kind of, yeah, you they kind of take it on their bill, right? The, the, the initial degradation. But do we measure it? Do we, how do we measure it? Because that, that means that if we actually count all the kilowatt hour with, with that fresh degradation buffer, then after six months, we already have significant degradation, right? So that one, I cannot answer whether we should measure it or not. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then also, some cars, they, they have other smarter methods of masking out or hiding degradation. Because remember one thing, degradation happens regardless. I've seen many, many posts of people claiming that uh, the cars have not degraded after two years. That is a direct lie. Batteries degrade. Okay, when it comes to time, 
if you just let the car sit without driving it, it will slowly degrade. But the degradation is microscopic. That's what I measured on my degradation test. What degrades the most is when you actually charge and discharge the car. Um, but people who drive the car and use them and they claim that there is no degradation. It's just because the car fooled you. I said, you got fooled, man. You got, you got, <laughs> you got, you got fooled big time. Because, um, um, for example, people who look at gum, <laughs> you know what gum is? Gum is guessometer. It's just the way the car estimates what the range is. It's not what you can actually get out of it. And by the way, um, many, many people, when you drive from, you drive from the cabin up in the mountain down to the city you will usually have lower consumption and then if you happen to have a tailwind the consumption is even better and gum is based on the past <laughs> that's the way gum works oh we have tailwind even what what we have tailwind and the consumption is 194 watt hour per kilometer this fat e-tron averaging 65 kilometers per hour Wow. Well, the good thing is that this uh, test will be shorter than expected. <laughs> no, but but that by you know, get back to the whole gum thing. So by driving, let's say 200, 300 kilometers uh, from the cabin back home with low consumption, you kind of adjust gum so that gum estimates that okay, you might have 500 kilometers of range now in the Kona, and then people post it on the on the forum on on Facebook like ooh. I have 500 kilometers range on Kona now. Whoa, you know? No, you don't. Okay, unless you can somehow drive uh, down the mountain, uh, go back to uh, home, and then some, somehow lift the car up with the helicopter and then place it back at the cabin, and then you keep driving down the mountain. Then you can get 500 kilometers range on your Kona, for example. That was, or maybe 600, 550, you know, it's like ridiculous high numbers. Yeah, so that's the way uh, gum works. And then people, some people look at gum and they, they look at gum uh, three years ago and they look at gum, you know, after three years and they say, oh, the, the estimated range has not dropped. So there is no degradation. Well, no, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> because uh, if you, for some reason, have changed your driving habits, you can then have lower consumption and then the car will estimate, even though it, lost capacity uh, because you now have lower consumption than three years ago you will then still get the same range right so what counts is that you have to measure how many kilowatt hours you get out of it but i have done a degradation test of the mg ZS ev that i used to own in thailand and for some reason after two years and some driving um, i had no indicated uh, battery loss and that can't be right. There must be something there, like 1%, 2%. There was nothing. <laughs> uh, which brings back to another problem, I guess. Uh, but do we care about it? Okay, I will come back to that. Which is that um, many cars, they will have some uh, hidden buffer. Like, like this fat e-tron. You can charge it 100%. Well, actually, they change it. Yeah, they, they, it used to be bigger. But this fat e-tron, when you charge it 100%, it's not really 100%. Uh, the volt, I mean, it, it doesn't charge itself to 4.2 volt. It might, it might be 4.15 volt or something, right? So, uh, um, again, many cars, not only this one, but when I, okay, I don't have an OBD tool on this one, but I've seen it over and over again with the Korean cars when I hook up a um, car scanner. They, and by the way, it's car, <coughs> the app is called Car Scanner. Um, <coughs> car Scanner, you will have one variable that reports um, state of charge display and one variable is, that reports state of charge BMS. And typically on uh, many cars with top buffer, when you charge it 100% on the display, it will be 96% on BMS. And then uh, some Ionic, uh, Ionic is also like that. <clears throat> some classic Ionic owner even managed to get 101% on the display <clears throat> by charging it up to 100% and then driving down the mountain and regening because you can then regen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then why do car manufacturers have this top buffer? Uh, well, maybe to uh, kind of prevent people from abusing the battery too much. Because in a Tesla and a Leaf, 
and yeah, many many cars. Uh, I think it was also um, Ampere E. But many cars, when you charge to 100%, you will actually charge to 100%, and it will take freaking forever. It will take uh, towards the end, towards 100%, it will take only one to two kilowatt. That's indication of there's no top buffer. And by the way, how do you determine whether it is a top buffer or not? Well, if you charge the car and it finishes relatively quick to 100%. That is an indication, and it, let's say if it takes uh, 20 kilowatt, and then boom, suddenly it finishes. That's an indication, it's not, uh, there, there's like a top buffer, it's not fully charged, really. And also, if you can regen right after you charge it 100%, that also means that uh, the battery is not really full, because there is actually space for more kilowatt hour in there. But if you, uh, uh, okay, okay, in case you don't have access to some OBD tool, that's what I'm saying. Um, but if you charge the car to 100% like a Tesla, and you start driving and you have no region, and it takes freaking forever, that indicates typically that there is no top buffer. And what the heck is this whole top buffer thing had to do with it, uh, with degradation anyway? Well, because from what I've seen, with, this was with a BMW i3, uh, 22 kilowatt hour, it used to charge really fast to 100%. German cars in general, they have top buffer. Uh, but when I tried a degraded i3 after many years of driving and discharging, um, it was charging a lot slower to 100%. And my guess would be that they actually ate up some of the top buffer. So ideally what I need to do is check a fresh uh, a fresh corner or something, right? And look at the the, the display uh, percentage. It should be 100%. And then look at the, the BMS percent when it was new, right? Let's say 96%. Uh, when it degraded, the, the car could have been pre-programmed to eat up that buffer. So that a degraded car would still charge 100%, but the BMS then says 98%. You know what I mean? And then suddenly, uh, for the user, it looks like you have no degradation, but degradation did happen. But then the question is, do we actually measure it? <laughs> right? How do we measure degradation? This is very complex. It, it's very complicated. And even I don't have the answer for it. I have some answers of like, the way you should discharge a car, but when it comes to buffers and shit, like, I even don't know how to do that. And also there are some cars with zero mile buffer, like Tesla. And well, I started testing cars now. Uh, the first one out was uh, the BMW i4. The i4 had roughly 2.7 kilowatt hour past zero percent. After five years, maybe the BMS has been programmed to eat up some of that buffer past zero percent. Uh, and then they can kind of mask out so that for the user you will have um, you will then have uh, the same range or very little degradation, right? So, but okay, when it comes to top buffer, at least, for top buffer, uh, for, for example, this fat e-tron, there is no way you can utilize a top buffer unless you fully charge the battery and drive down a cliff, right? But for most people, uh, for 99.9% .9 of the normal users, there is no way to utilize the top buffer if it's hard-coded like that. But you can actually utilize the zero buffer, or the one below zero. It's not recommended to go below zero because it's kind of unpredictable. I learned it the hard way because I used to be a zero hero back in the days with Tesla. I was like, oh, I go down to zero percent. Oh, I'm a hero. Oh yeah, look at that. But then <laughs> the zero buffer bit me in the butt uh, with Millennium Falcon. Once the battery started degrading, then suddenly I could not get below zero or the car would actually shut down right around zero. But that could also be for other reasons. If the battery, well, this is, this is really complex, man. It's very complicated. How long is this chat now? Because we are touching into so many topics now, which actually also affects how you should measure the degradation because Tesla and many, let's take Tesla since I know Tesla a lot, but. I also know all the other cars a lot, also how they work. But for the example of Tesla, uh, Tesla has charge limits. So you, you can set the charge limit to, let's say, 80%. 
and then it's recommended to not discharge it to zero for the battery health. So for people who set the charge limit to let's say 70-80% uh, and they stay usually between 70% and 40% then the battery becomes uncalibrated and don't mix up not calibrated battery versus not balanced. Those are two different things. Balance, cell balancing means that some cells are higher charge than other cells and then the car will then automatically or uh, balance the cells to keep, they want, they, they want the battery pack to stay balanced. That is unbalanced cell or cell balancing. But when it comes to uncalibrated, that is a different thing. Uh, but people tend to mix them. So let me explain the difference. Uncalibrated battery could mean still mean that the, the all the cells are balanced but the whole pack is or the, the the brain the bms is a bit uncalibrated it doesn't know the the limits anymore right and then it tends to underestimate the limits uh, that's what tesla does so if you don't charge to 100 too often and you don't discharge to zero too often the bms will be a little bit pessimistic and it will kind of underestimate how much range you have and this is what you have might have seen in some forums and some places and some youtubers i wonder if cayman also did this some people they they did some stuff with the tesla they charge it to 100 and they discharge it to zero and they managed to exercise the battery and get more range out of the battery but remember guys i mentioned earlier degradation is an irreversible uh, process once the battery has degraded just like once your body has degraded then it's irreversible well just quit smoking right <laughs> no but um so once it has degraded that's it you you can't reverse it so why did these people get range back well it, it's simply because the bms wasn't calibrated it was actually you know underestimating it it's better to underestimate a bit rather than overestimating why because um, if you don't touch the edges of the battery uh, you don't know roughly you don't know for sure how much the battery has degraded and the worst case could be that you go down to zero percent and then uh, or actually you you go close to zero percent but the car stops before zero because you think you thought you had more right so that's what the tesla is doing it's underestimating it to make it safer so that uh, you will still get to your destination even if you go down to zero percent yeah i don't know if that makes any sense but um by going to 100 percent and then going down to zero percent you then the, the bms will relearn the boundaries and they will calibrate and i think that's what happened when i ran out of juice with melinda falcon and also with optimus prime is that i kept between 90% or 70% and then 40% or whatever, right? And uh, over time, the battery became, became uncalibrated. And then I ran out of juice with 0% left or, yeah, what used to be, I used to be able to go below zero with Millennium Falcon. Suddenly it stopped at around zero. Uh, and also with Optimus Prime, it stopped with 14 kilometers left instead of zero right or even below zero because tesla also has a buffer below zero i'll come back to that but what kind of relevance does this have to do with the degradation test well because if you measure degradation with an uncalibrated battery then you will also have measurement error in the degradation test so technically what you have to do is you have to make sure that the battery is fully balanced and fully calibrated and fresh and then you do the measurement first time when it's new and then when you want to measure it again after many years, you also have to make sure it's fully balanced and fully calibrated. But what I've seen is that it seems to be harder once the battery is older to kind of fully calibrate it. Tesla's, for example, tends to not charge 100% after many years. They, like Millennium Falcon tends to stop at 97, 98%. Like, huh? But then after a couple of times, it will go to 100%. But other cars, they tend to go to 100% from what I've seen. They don't stop at 9998 because that's kind of confusing for uh, many people but uh, maybe tesla <laughs> could also mask it out and but uh, i guess technically the battery was not at 100 percent, so that's why it stopped but <laughs> it's not at 100 percent, right it's kind of confusing what is the correct way of displaying things really um okay but what about the buffer the the the, the below zero buffer many cars 
will have a below zero buffer. A Model 3, for example, has roughly 3.2 kilowatt hour below zero. Uh, the Model S has even more, uh, around four kilowatt hour below zero. And with that kind of energy, you can actually drive roughly 20, uh, let's say, yeah, 20 kilometers past zero. So Tesla will try to keep that buffer. So even if the battery degrades, it will learn the, the new capacity and it will, uh, it will then reserve for a Model 3, right? It will still reserve 3.2 kilowatt hour below zero, even for a degraded battery. So then the question is, how do we measure degradation? What do we, what do we measure, right? Uh, do we measure with the buffer, the zero buffer or not? <laughs> uh, I, my claim is that we should not measure below zero. Why? Because it's unpredictable. It could be, uh, it could be, you could stop, uh, you, you could stop before uh, that 3.2 kilowatt hour you think you got. That's the problem. Uh, and also for, uh, like from a user exp uh, experience, um, it, it's most deadly people, like unless you're a ninja with leaf spy, then you don't go below zero. Right? Or it's kind of hard to keep track, even if you are, you are a semi-expert. It's kind of hard to keep track once you hit zero, how many kilowatt hour beyond zero you have. Because most cars won't even display how many kilowatt hour you spend. They only display average consumption and distance. And you have to be a ninja and kind of either write down the numbers or reset the re trip meter right there. And then you, uh, dur during the t uh, below zero, you also have to... Uh, calculate how many kilowatt hour you spend yeah, so yeah so you know it gets complicated so that's why you should not go below zero and but that means that there is actually room for the car manufacturers to then mask out degradation okay fair and square all right okay okay but uh, what else what shit the car is fogging again i don't know this is a freaking german car but it's fogging because i have no fans yeah no fan is better than only fans so I have to just open up a little bit and let out some uh, some moisture. Yeah, all right, there you go, that's better. But um, yeah, so this was a lot, a lot of stuff really <laughs> about how to measure degradation. So I should summarize because I'm, I'm gonna stop soon at um, uh, Gould. Well, actually we still have some distance. How far away from Gould are we? We are 20, 22 kilometers from Gould, okay? That's gonna take 20 minutes. Yeah, so um, how, how do we correctly measure this? Well, in my opinion, we should charge the car to 100%. And by the way, um, another thing, by the way, is that you should do this test in one go, the discharging test. Um, because if you leave the car parked uh, or like, okay, and this is also something I've seen on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook uh, is a very nice source of information to get an impression of what people are talking about. Um, some people, they charge up the Tesla, right? To 100% and then they uh, discharge it, but over several times, or over several days, they have several trips and the car will be sitting there uh, in, in between the drives. And you know, for Tesla especially, there's some vampire drain. The car is always awake, or most of the time, or then sometimes it goes into sleep. Which means that um, the trip meter only counts when you're driving. I mean, after all, it's a trip meter. It counts when you are on a trip. So it doesn't, obviously it doesn't count when you are stationary. And especially if you're running senti mode or some shit, right? Or you're, if you're preheating, that is not a part of the trip, technically. So. Yeah, that's also another <laughs> discussion. Like, so pe some people are so stubborn about, oh, the chart port should be on the right side. No, 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 the chart port should be on the left side. The left side is, is the right side, and the right side is the wrong side for the chart port because the driver's door is on the left side. So uh, I've shown very many, many examples why the left side is the right side for the chart port. And the same goes for uh, D mode and, and B mode. I'm like, dude, B mode is the best because with B mode, you have the most uh, uh, region available and you can always just use your foot to adjust the region. And the same goes for trip meter. Some people, the same, same religious people, they'll be like, no, but trip meter in Tesla is, is incorrect because it counts only when you are moving. Well, for example, the fat e-tron will count when you're stationary also which in my opinion is not correct. 
As soon as you fire up the car, it will start. It even counts when you are stationary. Fat e-tron, when you are when you are fast charging, you don't get any heat in the cabin. You have to fire. You have to start the car. <laughs> like why do you even have a freaking start button in an EV, right? Start button makes sense. You know, I should have a, a dedicated rant about the start button. <laughs> Sorry, I touch into so many topics. I had to, I leap between the topics. Uh, try to keep track of them. But <clears throat> start button should not exist in an EV. That's my bold claim. It should be like Tesla. Tesla is the best because an EV, okay, we have to rewind here. Why, why is that freaking start button even there? And then, by the way, start engine is incorrect um, because engine is something that converts um, one form of energy uh, into another via thermal or some shit. Yeah, I, I read about the, the definition of en en uh, en engine, but electric motor is not an electric engine. Electric motor is electric motor. A fossil engine can be a fossil, fossil motor. Yeah, I don't know if it makes any sense, but either way, <coughs> start engine, even if engine would be a correct term, it's still incorrect because you don't, by pushing the start engine button, you don't start the electric motor. Then you will have to have a clutch and then the electric motor would spin like a freaking mofo for no reason while you're stationary. But you have to look at the fossil drive, the, the fossil cars. When you start the fossil engine, it will actually spin around. That's freaking stupid, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is freaking stupid. You spin the engine around when you're stationary, wasting energy. Well, yeah, by the way, you're actually wasting roughly seven kilowatt. Between six and seven kilowatt is idle waste just standing there spinning around like a mofo yeah but that's that's why because the fossil cars are designed like that you start the engine you spin spin up the engine and you're just idling it until you put the car in gear and then you go but for an ev you don't need that start button just do it like tesla because tesla is the best you know i'm just trolling you guys i'm pulling your legs yeah <laughs> no but just like not only tesla neo has it also many many pure evs they are like that you enter the car the heater, the screen, everything comes on. I mean, why? You enter the car in 99.9% .9 of the time when you enter the car, you, you're supposed to do something with the car, right? Some people say, no, but I like the start button because, um, uh, you know, you, you, you might not want to drive the car. Okay, well, how many times do you actually enter the car and just to get your sunglasses that you forgot or something? And then you go out again. No, in most cases, I would say at least nine out of ten times when you enter the car, you're supposed to drive it or do do something with the car, uh, or yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so the whole start button there shouldn't be there at all. It just adds cost, it adds weight, it adds complexity, it adds just another point of failure. It's just yeah, whatever. It shouldn't be there. <laughs> uh, what was my point again? The start button. Yeah, okay. So. With, with a with a fat e-tron, when you are charging, in order to get heat or cooling, um, you have to push the start button, and then even uh, in the fat e-tron, you also have to start the auxiliary heater. Or I think it was about a bit of BMW, yeah. That's also a big fail, the auxiliary heater, because the auxiliary heater is something in the fossil world, and uh, legacy automakers they are just taking shortcuts when they implement EVs by just using existing hardware, existing logic. They should start blank like Tesla and make an EV like it should be. No compromises, right? But back to the whole trip meter thing. Okay, so uh, when you're fast charging a fat e-tron, you have to fire up the car. And once you fire up the car, the trip meter will count. <laughs> the average speed ticks down, obviously, because you're stationary. The consumption goes up because you're pulling extra heat. And is that a part of the trip? No. <laughs> so, so Tesla is doing it right. They count when you are moving, not when you're stationary. But actually, I think actually when you're, if you have it in drive, uh, but not in park, they might still count the energy. Yeah, something like that. But back to the point again, there was a little bit detour there, but back to the point, when you're trying to measure degradation in the battery, when you basically you need to measure how many kilowatt hour you pull out of it. And if you, have it spread over several days, especially with Tesla, but it could also be with other cars, um, you will introduce measurement error because there might be some, uh, um, like the car might be awake, you know, like Tesla, 
but even uh, every battery, every lithium-ion battery has self-discharge. So even if you have a, like a freaking Ionic, like I've seen so many people with Ionic, they always brag about that. Oh, Teslas, huh, they lose 10% uh, battery when, they are, uh, when their owners are on vacation. My Ionic loses no percentage. Well, your Ionic will have to flat 12-volt battery when you're back. <laughs> no, but even the, the, the Ionic or whatever will have self-discharge. It's tiny, of course, but you should avoid it still. So my claim is that when you measure degradation, you have to, or you should do this in one go. Okay, maybe you can have a pee break. Yeah, that's fairly short, but um, don't uh, park the car for extended time. It will uh, introduce measurement error. So, you see, that was... I, I actually don't know. I, I think I just touched into the tip of the iceberg here. Um, yeah, uh, because uh, there's actually more to this. Because um, a hot battery can hold more energy than a cold battery. That's one thing I haven't talked about until now. Uh, which is actually important. I've seen this. Actually, this is probably why you guys have seen sometimes when I charge a Tesla to 100%. Sometimes it goes to 101% at the supercharger because the battery is so hot that it can hold slightly more energy than it can when it's slow charging at home on AC. So then that's also another question. Like how hot do we want the battery, right? So I think ideally we need to charge the battery on AC uh, maybe maybe we should have like 20 degrees Celsius in the battery as a standard, right? Uh, and then everything else would be off the standard and then it needs to be corrected for. So I wonder if Avilo is doing that because they actually also, they, they measure a lot of stuff. One day I should talk to Avilo and ask him, we can have a freaking long ass chat with Avilo, uh, the, the expert from uh, Germany. Oh, I mean from uh, Austria. Yeah. Oh shit. I call, uh, I call Austrian German. <laughs> yeah. They don't like being, Austrians doesn't like being called German. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just pulling your leg. I was just trolling guys. Chill. ABC always be chilling. No, but um, if you, again, this is again a measurement error. If you measure at one point with hot battery and then you measure again during winter with cold battery, you will also introduce measurement error and you get different results. So it's, um, it's really complicated how to measure degradation. <laughs> um, and I don't even have the answer. I gave you guys some of it. I, I actually, I'm not sure how much, uh, but I tried to cover most of this and I don't even have a good answer but at least when I try to measure degradation um, I discharge it okay I charge it 100% I try to go low like 5% 2% if I'm even confident about it but I don't go below zero and I extrapolate down to zero percent and I find the kilowatt hour that we pull out of the car um, and then I based on that I measure I, I calculate the, the degradation and um, I guess that's it, really. Uh, it's, um, it's the best we can do, right? And uh, that's the thing, because there is no industry standard here, like how to do this, right? There's um, like even the, even, the, even the lines, you know, the, those, those lines on, uh, on the leaf, it has well, bars, like, the, the, the 12 bars in the leaf, even those bars are not linear. And even those bars, even if you know roughly that, okay, each bar, uh, that bar is supposed to be this many percent, that bar is supposed to be this many percent, even that one can't be trusted. Like some car, some leaves claims to have 11 bars after seven years, but when you actually do the degradation test, you will find out that no, 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 that it's not, it should have been only maybe 10 bars or nine bars according to that scale. So it seems like there is no industry standard of this, how to do this unlike VLDP, right? Or something else. Uh, uh, so degradation, yeah, it's, it's not easy how to, it's not, it's not easy to, to uh, I guess, define it. And I guess one day, if there will be some kind of degradation consortium in Europe or EU or somewhere, right? Uh, I don't know if they will even be able, be able to agree, <laughs> even if I would be in that consortium, I don't think I would even agree with the other guys and I would probably not even agree with myself how to do this. <laughs> but at least the way I measure it, it's close enough. We get some kind of guideline 
of how it is. And in general, I can tell you guys that uh, many, okay, the old cars with small batteries, they tend to degrade a lot, like 20% after just five to seven years. That's kind of a lot. But nowadays, uh, uh, but with Tesla, which was the first car with big battery, like Millennium Falcon, even after seven years or something that equivalents to uh, actually more, the, we actually, uh, the, the, the age of the battery, like I said, is not that important. I've seen this over and over again. When I measure old cars versus cars that have driven a lot, the cars that have driven a lot, they have high degradation versus old car that has not been driven, driven a lot. Um, but at least for Millennium Falcon, my Tesla Model S from 2013, uh, we had one battery replacement on warranty, but still, um, Millennium Falcon, after 260,000 kilometers, that could probably be equivalent to at least 10 years of driving, had only 11% degradation. Wait, was it 11 and 12? Yeah, something like that. So you see, degradation is really low on Tesla. And I expect that to be the same for other cars. For example, um, so Tesla was the first one with big battery and long range. Then we have Kona. Kona should start getting old now. And I-Pace also, E-Pacen, uh, and uh, what else? Uh, Fat E-Trons kind of-ish, yeah. Oh yeah, Ampere E, but Ampere E has other problems because uh, people are getting free upgrades uh, with battery fire and stuff. Yeah, actually, Kona is also uh, affected by it. No, no, I-Pace also, shit. Well, all these cars I mentioned now, I-Pace, Kona and um, uh, Ampere E, they all use LG batteries and they have problems with battery fires, self-igniting uh, cars, and they get uh, battery uh, replacement on warranty. Hmm. And they actually get new battery. So that's a slight bummer because then we won't be able to test the degradation on those cars. Uh, yeah. But uh, what I'm saying is that uh, in general, it could seem like after, I don't know, eight to 10 years, then we still have roughly 10% degradation on more modern EVs. Yeah, we're not counting those tiny 24 kilowatt hour leaf batteries because they are being abused because they are so tiny. And then we have more cycles. But yeah, so uh, that was a freaking long ass. Oh shit, I'm running out of space here. Yeah, it's not, sorry. <laughs> shit, I forgot. Okay, guys. Um, yeah, so that's it. I have to end now. Otherwise, I will be running out of memory and stuff. But um, hopefully, this was useful for you. <laughs> hopefully, in, you enjoyed the view. I'm gonna pee now. Oh shit. Oh, oh damn. My EcoFlow was bumping a little bit in the back. Oh, I had to be careful. Oh, be careful about speed bumps. Yes, but I think that's going to be it for now, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. As always, thank you for watching and talk to you later.